Drivers, start your engines! Yellow's out, yellow's out. Manning's just about out wrecking him. And she busted her. Hello, hello everyone. It is Monday, April 10th. I hope everybody had a good Easter Sunday um, with their families. Um, yeah, we're back in the studio. Um, it was kind of a really not much happened week until the weekend. Yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of stuff happened over the weekend. Um, we'll cover that in, during this episode. Uh, but first, we're just going to kind of, I guess, bullshit for a little bit, like we normally do. Yeah. Dakota, how we doing? Oh, <laughs> hang on. The green flag is out when we're ready to roll three. Why would DJG, Dakota, how we doing? Um, we're doing. I was dreading today because the damn dogs, dude. Um, Hunter must be home. Uh, <clears throat> I was dreading today because, you know, if you know, you know. Saturday was kind of rough for a lot of people. Um, and I hate that we have to talk about it, but that's what we do. Um, personally, though, um, outside of that, not a terrible week. Um, had a good weekend. Didn't do anything for Easter. Didn't get an Easter basket. Told my parents I'm taking them to small claims court. <clears throat> Straight to the nursing home. Financial institute uh, restitution. Straight to the nursing home. Um, Dad other- homies. <laughs> Um, uh, (laughs) other than that um special guest hunter clark um other than that i just uh i hit my driver there that's it that's it send him to the masters (laughs) um other than that watched like 30 seconds of the masters i'm not a golf guy i love driving the golf carts um golf is such a difficult sport to watch Yeah, I'm not good at it either, so not my cup of tea. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, didn't do anything for Easter. Um, had a good weekend. Nothing, again, like every week, nothing too special to report. Uh, how was your weekend? It was pretty good. Uh, I got off half day Friday. Um, Must have been nice. It was. It was, it was very nice. Um, Saturday... Uh, we did a little Easter egg hunt for the girls um, because they weren't going to be with us on Easter. So hung out with uh, some of her family. It was also my mom's birthday Saturday. Mm-hmm. It was also Shalina's grandma's birthday Saturday. So I went and talked to my mom in the morning, hung out with her for a little bit. Um, and then we all ended up at her grandma's because we did cake for her grandma uh, Sunday. Um Went to her uncle's because they do a big cookout every year for Easter. Um, And they do this thing where they buy confetti-filled eggs. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's just like a Hispanic thing or if it's just a their thing. Mm -hmm. But you hand hand out cartons of confetti-filled eggs and you just run around and crack them on people's heads. Mm -hmm. It's a blast. I've seen it. Or did you do that? Did you guys do that last year? Yeah, they do it every year. I I, I thought I saw it either on TikTok or maybe you guys had done it. Um, I thought it was cool. It's pretty fun. Not going to lie. Uh, the only downside is you find confetti in your hair and on your body for like the next two years. But, mm-hmm. uh, oh, also, I woke up Sunday morning and washed both of our cars. So, 
I wanted to do that. I know she doesn't care as much, but I like my car being clean. So yeah. Um. Yeah, that's about it. Then I went to work today, and that was boring. But. Hmm. Um. Yeah. What else? Did I do anything else? I don't think so. I've been having problems with my eye all day. Um. Yeah, that's fun. I don't know. I really need, I do need to hit the golf. Oh, speaking of, we were talking about the Masters. Yeah. I don't know if you ever happened to see the video or not, but there was a tree that fell on hole 17. I think it was hole 17. And I don't know how it didn't fall on anybody, but uh, they were definitely lucky. That was, that was an interesting thing. Um, I don't know who ended up winning. I forget. John Rahm, I think. I think that's his name. Correct me if I'm wrong. Sorry. I do know um, that Tiger Woods dropped out after a while. I think Tiger Woods is never going to be Tiger Woods. I don't think so. He's still good at golf. Don't get me wrong. He'd beat me 100 times out of 100 on a golf course. But, but he can only play the front nine. But, yeah, his his body and things, everything's just catching up to him. and So he's just never going to be what he used to be. Right. Never going to be the old Hunter Clark over there. Uh, so I guess we can just go ahead and get into things. Um, <laughs> so uh, if you don't know, sat- Saturday evening at Lawrenceburg Speedway in Lawrenceburg, Indiana, 26-year-old USAC driver Justin Owen from Harrison, Ohio, tragically lost his life. Uh, He ended up crashing during his qualifying attempt. Uh, So basically what happened, if you... I really hate to describe the scene, but if you haven't seen the video, he went into the turn. Obviously, it's a sprint car, so you kind of throw it in there and lean on the right rear, and once it grips, it goes. Well, in sprint cars, they have a term that they call, well, not necessarily sprint cars, but dirt racing in general, Mm -hmm. there's a term called biking it, where your left side tires lift up off the ground, and you basically have no control over the car at that point. So what happened was uh, he biked it going into the turn, and when he, I don't know, it just kind of snapped, and then it planted all four, and when he drove up into the wall, it started biking again, and it looks like kind of like the top right bar hit the wall first, um, and then he flipped a couple times and landed very hard. I mean, when it hit, the nose kind of just planted in the ground. Yeah. Um, they ended up having to cut him out, and they were doing CPR at the scene. Uh, but, yeah. So, uh, Owen, who competed in the sprint car division for several years, he was a reigning track champion at Lawrenceburg, he scored two feature wins in the championship in 2022. Um, among his wins were a victory in the Dick Gaines Memorial, three wins in 2019, one win in the Buckeye Outlaw Series, one win at Paragon Speedway, and one win at Lawrenceburg. In 2016, he was victorious at Lernerville. He made two feature starts at Lawrenceburg with USAC in 2019 and 2021. Our thoughts and prayers go out to Justin's family, friends, team, fans, as well as the track safety and medical personnel. Never, uh, never something you want to hear. I mean, in general, especially in racing, you know, because it's something you and I do. 
Um, I made a post. I shared our post on Facebook about it. And, like, as a driver, you're very aware that getting into a race car very well could be the last time you do so. Um, But that is something that we accept. That's something we know very well is a danger that comes along with the sport. But we often think that the joy of racing far outweighs the risks that come with it. And this is why I always preach don't skip out on safety. And I'm not saying that he did that. Yeah, I'm saying, like, you can very well be the safest person in the sport and something very bad could still happen to you. But don't don't skip out on safety and minimize that chance as much as possible. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I absolutely don't think that he skipped out on safety. Um, but we have covered incidences where people have. And so... Um, you know, this goes to show that one of the safest cars out there still, I mean, yes, you can make these cars as safe as possible. You can get drivers to be as safe as possible. And there's one factor um, that can throw that all out the window. And so it's unfortunate. And I was reading comments that, um, that uh, you know, people were talking to him, you know, before he went out and then he went out and it happened. And, um it's just uh it's just unfortunate and then to think like it was his qualifying attempt he's i don't know if he was on his first lap or his second lap but i know he was second quickest at the time but it's just like like you were saying you don't strap into a i mean i don't personally think okay well today could be my last day getting into the car it's like going to work like you don't think about it but right. like you it is know on the back of your mind yes yes um it's just for me it's just hard to think that like you can get into the race car even during practice and get into a wreck and that be life-altering. That, that's another thing. You especially don't think of something like that happened during qualifying. Yeah. Like, it makes more sense for it to happen during the race when there's other cars on the track that get in your way and accidents happen there. But qualifying, like, it's just like, oh, I'm out here by myself. Well, we're not. Right. Because we do group qualifying. But in that instance, he's out there by himself. And it's just one of those things, like, you are running a sprint car on its limits at all times. Yeah. You know, those cars are so easy to flip. You know, they're so light. They're grippy. So you have to be on your A game. You literally to drive a sprint car. And now, I may be wrong, but coming from someone who has no dirt experience really whatsoever, like, you have to be dang near perfect. Like yeah. You, there's a... There's a line you have to hit. There's a line you have to run. You have to be ahead of the track, this, that, and the other. But sometimes you cross the line, and it's just it was one of those things where it's very unfortunate. But yeah, I will say um, at least this sounds – I don't know. Some people might think this is bad, but, like, it's one of those where it's like at least he got to go out doing something that he loved. Yeah. And I think that's really all you could ask for in that situation. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Like, yeah. Sorry, I'm. I can't breathe. It's okay. <laughs> I just think it's. Uh, Excuse me. I just think it's obviously unfortunate, and it sucks that it takes things like this to remind people that this is the reality of the sport. Is that you know it's. That's another thing. Like, I always bring this up in a, like, when we talk about this, but 
Everybody's like, oh, race car drivers aren't athletes, or like you just sit in a car and turn left. Like, what? It's very clearly more than that. Like, it's yeah. very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we got shown that Saturday night. And I'll tell you, you know, I wasn't there at the track, obviously. I feel awful for everybody that was who had to see that. Um, I obviously feel bad for his family and friends and team. Um, but, you know, I was sitting on the couch. I It came across my Twitter that, you know, the race was red flagged. They would be canceling the races. And a lot of people obviously were like, that's not a good sign. Um, I, it was just like I was holding out hope that maybe it would be an incident where he would be injured but was able to, like, walk away from it. I couldn't imagine what the people there were feeling or, like, his friends and family who was Watched holding it happen and yeah. then they're like, oh. And it's just like I was holding out hope and then, you know, we were in a group chat with a friend and it was just like you knew it wasn't going to be that situation where, you know, he was okay, but you're just holding out hope and it just sucked <laughs> when they finally, because I don't, they didn't confirm it. USAC didn't post anything until hours later, midnight. Um, I was kind of following on Twitter and Facebook and, you know, people were speculating and I never liked that because, you know, you look like an asshole if, if you were wrong. And then you saw friends and family posting about it and, you know, talking about him passing away and it just, that sucked. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't imagine what, you know, the people really close to him feel. So obviously my heart goes out to them and I just can't imagine what they're dealing with right now. And I just hope that, um, I don't know what I hope. I hope they can get, I mean, it's going to be hard to get passes, but I hope that they can find comfort somewhere. And I hope that the real, I, I, I really believe that the racing community will be there for them. Um, as a matter of fact, they're doing something tonight at the track. Mm-hmm. Actually, they're doing it right now. But yeah, it's I just, want to make another comment. Whenever no, I was just gonna say it's just unfortunate. Um. So we got to see, we saw a video of the accident, but I just want to say, like, as someone who watches dirt racing pretty regularly, like, yeah, that it was a nasty wreck. But like, I've seen stuff like that almost every weekend that I watch dirt racing. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, like, some super one-off. Like, you see cars flipping. Like, for example, we'll talk about Brady Bacon when they came out with the spaceship T-shirt. Like, he went, like, super high up in the air, tumbled, flipped, did this, that, and the other, and he walks away from it. Like, he literally walked to the hauler and got in a backup car. Yeah. So, like, you see an accident like that, yes, you aware that, hey, that was very nasty, but, like you see people walk away from stuff like that all the time. So I'm sure when all that happened, everybody was kind of worried, but at the same time, it's like, we've seen people walk away from stuff like this before. Like it's, it's fine. And maybe that's why I was holding out hope longer than others because I wasn't at the track. So I didn't see that they were doing right. Resuscitation. So it's like watching that. Yeah. You knew it was bad, but like you said, we've seen things, just as bad before and they've been able to walk away and so i think just maybe as bad that, if not worse yeah so it's like maybe that was why i was like you know he's okay or not okay obviously but he would get through this and right you know i understand it's a different style different race car and everything here in the situation but dakota and i were talking about this before we came out here um you know situations like ryan newman's accident yeah he was hospitalized but he walked out of the hospital and he's fu- he's fine. Excuse me. Yeah. 
And that's kind of like the thing that, you know, like I said, you can make the safest race cars and you can make drivers do all these things to keep them safe. But it's just one thing, one factor can throw that all out the window. And it, you know, that leads to people questioning like me, like, you know, I'm like, how is it that Ryan Newman can walk away and you see something like this happen? And it's just like, yeah, it's not fair, obviously, but it's also like, how is it possible? So it's just things like that. But like I said, it just sucks that it takes things like this to make people be reminded that, you know, it's it's dangerous. And also as a driver, like, it makes me think, it's like, okay, what can I do to make my car safer than it is? Yeah. I mean, we were talking today about full containment seats because um, we don't run them, but we both want to. Um, so, yeah, I mean, anything that I can do to make my car safer, I'm 100% I mean, doing. We're not going nearly as fast as he was or anything like that, but... I'm like, we've seen our fair share of people getting hurt at Mount Lawn. People broken yep. bones. I mean, people getting cut out of race cars. Yep, yep. It also doesn't help that our backstretch wall is only, like, halfway existent. So, like, there is an op- there are opportunities for you to drive into trees. Yeah. It doesn't happen. It has happened. But, I mean, it's just like, okay, so what can I do to make sure, not make sure, but better. Yeah better my chances at not getting hurt yeah but it's hard like there's you know i could wrap the car in foam and bubble wrap this that and the other but there's still a way if the stars align for lack of better terms yeah yep all Um, right oh i did want to say though um side note um usac canceled the remainder of that race night um they'll be back in action this weekend um, on the 14th, they'll be in Bloomington, um, and then they'll go to Hopstop on the 15th, and then uh, Silver Crown will kick off their season at Terre Haute on Sunday. I just uh, also, I can't imagine getting back into something like that after after this. You know what I mean? I think a lot of drivers... I get it, but I, I, I think it'd be very hard. Oh, no. I, I think I'm sure there's a lot of drivers that are struggling uh, just because they're like, wow, that could have been me. But I think the aspect of it, like, I'm not trying to take away from anything here, but I think the fact that it happened during qualifying and not during a race where a driver was like, oh, that was my fault. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there were, there's a, there's a certain, I don't know. But I think you get what I'm trying to say. Where yeah. It's like, yeah. yes, it still sucks, and I'm sure all the drivers are coping in their own way and hurting and this, that, and the other, because it's literally somebody that they race with. Right. right, but in a sense, it was he was on the track by himself, and it wasn't. Hey, we were racing door to door, and now, right. So, yeah. again, I'm not trying to take away from anything. It's still very upsetting. It's very sad. It's very unfortunate. And again, it's not anything that we want to see right. in in anything. Right. Yep. Um. Anyway. We can we can move on unless you have anything else you want to add. Um, sorry to start out the show on such a sad note, but I mean that's kind of the biggest thing that happened this weekend. Yeah, I, I figured we should cover it. Yeah. I, was, I was debating it for a minute. I was like, I don't know if that's something that because you know I was thinking it's hard. It would be hard. I said I was dreading today because you know usually we're kicked back talking shit about whatever and then. To have to talk about something so serious and then 
it's like, how do you move on from that kind of thing? But I think it's important that we do cover it. Maybe, yeah, you know, obviously we respect the family, whatever, and we're not trying to replay this whole thing in their heads or anything like that. Not that they'll ever listen to the podcast, but right. um, I think it opens up a good topic on just how dangerous our sport is. Yeah. Um, like, like I said earlier, like we know it's dangerous, but as a fan, I think a lot of fans who aren't directly involved don't realize it. Mm-hmm. Like it's very scary at times. You I mean, even just sitting in the car for the first time, even when I was at Mount Lawn, I'm just like, before I went out on the track, like I could feel my chest really tight. Cause I was like, man, I was like, this is insane. Yeah. But then I get out on the track and it's kind of, I'm fine. Yeah. But like, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, I think if you don't realize how dangerous racing is, I think it's something you should definitely dive into um, to come to that realization. I think it's important to understand that, um, you know, literally drivers are essentially, I'm not really putting their life on the line, but. But I mean. They know that that's a risk they take. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. It's also a risk you take every day when you get in your own car and drive to work. But right. we're driving. It's inherently more dangerous yeah. than just strapping into your regular car. Now, granted, we have helmets and roll cages and this, that, and the other to to help with that. But. No guarantee. And I, It's like, you know, I just want to make this last point. I wish it was as easy as people say it is because I, don't, I think then we wouldn't have this conversation. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have to talk about somebody losing their life in an accident because it's so easy, and it's just not. And um, I just want to close out by saying again, like my thoughts and prayers are with everyone involved, um, and uh, that's all I got to say on that. I'm right there with you. Um, so we can move on to uh, our NASCAR penalty report, um, starting out colleague racing. Um, essentially lost their appeal with the only change being a loss of 75 owner and driver points, uh, which was reduced from a hundred. The appeals panel upheld the hundred thousand dollar fine and four race suspension of Justin Haley's crew chief. The announcement received a lot of backlash as the team was fined for the same offenses that Hendrick was fined. Um, and their, uh, inconsistency. Yeah. Again, it's the same, the same thing that we preach every week is just NASCAR being inconsistent. But I do want to note that Justin Haley had a very good finish this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the second <laughs> appeal process uh, involved Denny Hamlin, um, who was appealing comments that he said, re- appealing the penalty he received from, from comments he made on his podcast. The appeals board uh, decided to uphold the initial penalties assessed by NASCAR, which was a $50,000 fine and a loss of 25 points. Following the news, Hamlin accused NASCAR of making the rules up as they go. Although changes have been made to the appeals process, uh, it would only apply to future appeals. This has led to people calling on NASCAR to provide more transparency during the appeals process. Also learned, and I probably should have known this, um, it's not the same appeal board. There's multiple people on different boards, and so you might not get the same board that heard my appeal. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Um, I do agree, though, that there needs to be more transparency because, uh, again, it, it plays into the whole argument about inconsistencies. Um, so I would love to know, what does the appeals process look like when it's, when it's going on? Um, how do they come to their conclusions on either to uphold or alter or completely rescind NASCAR's penalties? Um, 
I would love to know more information on that as well. Um, and then this was the, probably the biggest uh, news of the week. Uh, following the race at Richmond Raceway last week, NASCAR took the cars of Byron and Bowman to their R&D center, where they had found that the greenhouses of the cars were altered. NASCAR then penalized both teams, uh, receiving a loss of 60 points, five playoff points. Both interim crew chiefs were fined $75,000 and suspended for two races. Um, Hendrick has already announced that they would not be appealing these penalties, um, which I would like to say that this was their comment on that. Um, because we will be best served by devoting our time and resources to competing each weekend, our team will not pursue an appeal of penalties issued on April 6th. The area of the race cars NASCAR focused on is not related to our performance on the track. Okay. Um, it has been noted that NASCAR typically does not take the winner or runner-up cars after a race due to the already rigorous inspections done at the track. Many have also brought NASCAR's decision to question uh, due to the timing of the ruling from the appeals panel for previous penalties assessed to H- HMS. Um, so people thought that this was, okay, they're going to take these two cars to look at even closer uh, as a way to kind of <laughs> make up for the penalties that were rescinded. Um, I want to counter the point that they don't normally take the runner-up cars because of the rigorous inspections. I think maybe I, the only logical thing that I can think of is that during these rigorous inspections, they found something that they wanted to look further into, and that's why they decided to take these two cars. Other than that, I have no clue. So I'm going to make an analogy here, and this is probably a very dumb analogy, but you know how, like, if you are going to do a puzzle, you take a, open the box and you dump the puzzle pieces out on the table, mm-hmm. and you flip them all over to get them all the right side up. Yeah. So imagine I'm trying to flip them all right side up. You're over there flipping them back over. We're never going to get to where they're all one side. Like, I feel like that's, a, like, it's just a huge mess. And I feel like that is what, that is essentially what's happening right no, now. No, I agree. And and I just want to say, again, we preach this every week, and we're not the only ones, uh, that there's a lot of inconsistencies with NASCAR's rulings and decisions, and then for them to change the appeal process to it. I, I, I didn't look too far into it, but basically I think from what I've heard, is that essentially it would make the appeals process harder for the board or the panel to overturn their decisions or like maybe you can't overturn everything so you have to or you can't overturn one thing and not the other. I don't know. I didn't look further into it because honestly whatever. Because it don't make sense. Um I, I just don't know. And it makes you it, it makes NASCAR look awful in my opinion. It does. So it's like you're digging your own grave. Well, I mean, I feel like people have a right to be mad, though. Like, oh yeah, like don't get me wrong. My favorite driver is on Hendrick's HMS, but if you're, you know, Justin Haley's case, if it was the exact same fine mm-hmm. or the exact same issue, and you have this big wig team that's just like they're like, eh, no, we we get it. But then it comes to you, and you're like, they're like, nope, we're not. We're not overturning this. Well, and I also saw people talking about it, and it, and I didn't fact check this, but I would take it with a grain of salt, um, is that HMS had multiple parts that were altered to fit the vehicles. Uh, Justin Haley's team only had one. And so... That makes it even worse. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, and that was their point, too. It's like, you know, you overturned... Granted, you didn't overturn everything. You overturned the points penalty, knowing that it was going to hurt HMS. Um, but you didn't 
really do anything for colleague. I mean, you gave him twenty. You gave him seventy five point or twenty five points back. Yes, um, you reduced their points penalty by twenty five points, but that was it. Yeah, that don't make any sense to me. And it's also like I get I get the idea of having multiple appeals panels, appeal panels. Um, but it's also like if they're that, not if they're not ruling by the same um, standards, in my opinion, it's like what's the point? Yeah. I mean, I think that plays into the inconsistency of it all. And you can't tell me that some of these people on the board don't have biases. Oh, I I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, they have to. Yeah. I'm not pointing fingers here. I'm just allegedly, allegedly, but keyword. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just a whole. I like having the board, but having multiple. I. It's just it. it I don't know. Are we going to... Is not, My question would be, is NASCAR going to fix this issue? And it don't look like it. They yeah. look like Hickory doubling down on their uh, on their decisions. So, it's um, like, could you imagine going to the same racetrack every week, but with a different set of rules? Basically. <laughs> basically. Or each driver has a different set of rules every race. But it's like we have the rule book, so it's like, I get the... I, I don't know. This is this could be a whole episode. It's like we have a rule book, so it's like why did HMS get a res- uh, you know get points back, um, but Justin Haley's team didn't. It's like you think the rule book is clear as day or should be. So why is it that this panel gave one team back their points, but this panel didn't? Right. It, it beyond me. Yeah, I don't think that's something that's ever going to make sense. To be honest, no. I think there's a possibility for there be to be change to make it make sense, but don't look like that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen either. Um. Okay. So I know a lot of people hate the Bristol Dirt Race, rightfully so. The last couple of years have been. Rough. I'd rather watch paint dry. Yeah. But I I didn't watch the truck race, so I don't know much about the truck race. I watched the last ten laps, but the Cup race I felt like was. V- Pretty solid. Um, you know, it was who, the track crew did an amazing job. It was never really a one lane racetrack until maybe towards the very end. But yes. for the most part, you had people four wide running four different racing lines the entire time. I liked that they weren't throwing cautions for every spin out. Like Michael McDowell did two 360s. The one where he didn't hit anything, Ty Gibbs, I think that's who it was. That was the coolest thing I've ever seen. That was insane. Yeah. Um, and then he ended up finishing, I think, top ten. Uh, they reviewed scoring, and he he was scored tenth. He did come home P eleven. Okay. Uh, but but Toddy G, G did finish in the top ten. I think Toddy G's getting screwed over here. Toddy G deserves to be in that car at all times. Yeah. Well. That's a whole other story. But. Well, and I've talked about this when it was announced that he's going to be in in their cup car. Is that Front Row Motorsports? Love you guys, but you're killing people's careers. You're killing them if you keep with this business model, where it's like, okay, I'm going to have him run a couple years in the truck series, and then boom, we're putting him in the cup car, and then surprise, you're only part time in the cup car. Yeah, like. It's like if you're not going to give them a chance to grow as a driver, then what's the point? I would not want to race for them. 
No, and his last few finishes with front row in the cup car have been really good. Yeah, I mean, he's had four top ten finishes this year. So yeah. it's like he's not awful. I get the idea of giving Zane a chance. But, like, let's slow it down. Or don't tell Todd that he's going to be full-time in the cup car just to well, fall back so on that. I wanted to tweet him privately. I didn't. But I wanted to be like, bro, what does your contract say? Because if they essentially broke your contract, that's an issue. I mean, I, maybe there's a clause in there that's like, this can change at any time. But I would have been, I was pissed for Todd. But if I was, I was Todd, I would have been furious. I would too. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Truck race uh, was Saturday night. Joey Logano led 138 of the 150 laps on Saturday, and he earned a second truck series win with Thor Sport. Go Thor Sport. We like Thor Sport here. Uh, Ty Majeski, William Byron, Matt Crafton, and Grant Infinger rounded out the top five. The race had 11 cautions, taking up 64 laps. Following the finish, Majeski now leads Zane Smith in point standings. Jake Garcia grabbed a sixth-place finish. Tanner Gray finished eighth for a second time out of the last three races. And Caden Honeycutt tied his career-best finish in ninth place. Jonathan Davenport, who made his first-ever start, finished 14th. Christian Eckes had another weekend of bad luck, finishing 30th following a crash. In the three races following his win in Atlanta, he placed 30th twice and 15th. Yikes. Yeah. That's, I would be upset with myself if that was the luck I was having. But it's racing, and it happens. So It does. And there's still plenty of more races to come. So It's, it's still early. Uh, over in the Cup Series, Christopher Bell was able to hold off Tyler Reddick in the closing laps. Um, winning after NASCAR through the 14th caution of the race. Austin Dillon, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., and Chase Briscoe rounded out the top five. Jonathan Davenport, who piloted the number 13th for colleague, finished 36. Okay. So, first off, Tyler Reddick was going to pass Christopher Bell on the last corner if that caution didn't come out. I fully believe, and he even admitted he was going to throw a haymaker of a slider to try and get it to stick. It would have been a good finish. It would have been a great finish. I think it would have resembled a lot like last year with Chase Briscoe and uh, who was it? Couldn't tell you. It was Reddick. Yeah. And uh, and Kyle Busch ended up winning it. Uh, I think it would have been a lot like that. I don't I don't think they would have wrecked each other, but I think it would have been It would have been close. Um, we did have some drama in this race between Ryan Priest and Kyle Larson. Um, yeah. So, I don't really know. I saw bits and pieces of it. I just want to say that um, Tony Stewart took Larson's side and Ryan Priest is Tony's driver. <laughs> uh, so, that says something, If, in case you were wondering. Yeah. Uh, but Larson, he used the bad word. He used the F word. Uh, he said, I thought we could, what did he say, figure it out, get the F over it or something like that. Because um, he felt like Ryan Priest wrecked him, which ended up taking him out of the race. Yeah. Ended up taking Larson out of the race. Uh, Ryan Priest made the statement that he got loose. Um, but I feel like that's everybody's excuse for whenever. I'll see if I can find the clip and insert it because I don't recall. I was also, the notes for this race tells you I was watching it on mute. Because I got tired after the fifth caution. I was like, this is annoying. So I'd watch it on mute, and I would just like look up every once in a while. And there was a lot of good racing. Um, I think for the most part, there was something interesting happening happening all throughout the field at all times. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they had beef. And then um, 
you had a lot of drivers with mixed reaction to this track, uh, to running on dirt. I know Larson said we shouldn't be doing it. Well, Larson's big thing is, which up until last night, he was like, you know, we're running on dirt, and a dirt driver has yet to win this race. He's like, we shouldn't be racing on dirt. Yeah. And I know a lot of drivers don't like it. Like, yeah. It's just not their thing. Now, uh, Jonathan Davenport, who is who dominates in the World Outlaw late models, he was racing a cup car, and even he said, he's like, you know, he's like, I think of this more of a show than I do a race. Um, it's just not real dirt racing. Yeah. So I'm like, you have, which still bugs the crap out of me. It's like, because Moonhead was tweeting about it earlier, and he was like, why do people from different... Yeah, I saw that one. ...different aspects of racing come into the Cup Series and get mad when it's not the same thing as their discipline of racing? Yep. You're like, what do you expect? Like, why do you come to NASCAR and not expect NASCAR? Yeah. Um, Which I can agree with that. Oh, I agree with that 100%. Um, now, I mean, no, these cars aren't made to run on dirt. But I think that adds some fun to it. It's like, this car's not supposed to be running on dirt right now, but we're doing it. Yeah. And ultimately, they're pretty good at it. Yeah. You know? I thought they handled really well. And, you know, to, to that point, it's also like a, a cup car shouldn't be running in the 24 hours of Daytona or whatever it is that they're going to be putting in it. But they got an aspect car or, you know, whatever you call it. And they're going to be running it with, what was it, garage uh, whatever it is. Yeah, I know. Garage 56 or whatever? Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to go road course racing. It's not the same, but, I mean, it's very close to yeah. a next-gen car. So, it's also like, yeah, I mean. You have F1 drivers come to NASCAR and expect F1. Well, it's not. It's, it's not. But it's so weird because everybody's different. So, like, you have some F1 drivers who, like, they were racing at Coda. And the guy was like, dude, cup drivers are on it yeah. the whole time. Yeah. He's like, we experience an entire F1 season in one day here. Then you have some people who are like, well, la, 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 la. Yeah. So it's just like, you can't make everybody happy. You're not going to make everybody happy. Stop trying to make everybody happy. You can't expect to jump into a Crown Vic and expect it to be like a sprint car or a late model. Yeah, I'm going to go run a Crown Vic at Mount Lawn and expect it to be like running a cup car at Daytona. Yeah. It's, it's just, just not, not going to happen. No. Um. Yeah, That that is kind of annoying. But... It is interesting to see one of the biggest guys in dirt racing say, we shouldn't be here. We shouldn't be here, but then you have Davenport saying it's not the same thing, obviously. But I think I think it is a fair point um, because it's also like, what's the vision for this? Are you trying to get it to be like a dirt race at Eldora, or are you trying to just make it a show where it's just you're throwing cup cars on a dirt track? Right. Because, I mean, statistically, Kyle Larson should have won this race every year that they've had it. Yeah. And I don't know if he's finished one of them. I don't recall, but yes, your point, you know, a dirt a dirt guy, I think was the quote he used or the which, term he used. Which is funny because he kind of ate his own words. Yeah. Because he's like, well, up until this point, a dirt guy hasn't won it. And I'm pretty sure last night the top five are all dirt guys. Yeah. Or were at one point. They have some They have some. Uh, yeah. experience in dirt. Christopher Bell, they, he does. Reddick does. Dylan does. Stenhouse does. Yeah, they all have a dirt background of yeah. some sort. So I mean, so he kind of ate his own words, but but it is true. Like there have in prior years, the last what three years that they've done it, um, there hasn't been a dirt guy to win it. But that changed this year. Yeah, I saw Bob post or Bob tweeted. He was like, 
Is a fourth time going to be the charm for NASCAR at dirt? I, I just, I, I think it does produce good racing when they're racing. I think it's gotten better every year that they've had it. Not going to lie. Yeah. But is it worth spending the money to make it just a little bit better every year until 20 years from now people are finally on board with it just because it's now a normal thing? Mm-hmm. Now, I understand, like, there's people that are just going to hate it no matter what because there's people that just decide to hate That's everything the, for, for no, like, no matter what. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I think there's potential, but kind of like the Clash. I don't think it's worth the money to tear out a football field, lay down asphalt just to tear it up in a week. Like, there's plenty of other places to go that are already prepared for yeah. this type of racing. Well, and... and I okay yeah so so I I agree with you because it's like I get the idea of going out to the West Coast which they already have a presence in but go to LA and try to build up a market I get trying to do it a couple years and seeing like what happens no offense to NASCAR but I don't think going to LA is working well no not at all because they had freaking Wiz Khalifa singing at the track and one there's five people there under the age of 40 that are dancing yeah um then was khalifa didn't even know anything about nascar yeah like okay i get it you're trying to you're trying to open the door for people to learn about it but it's also like if they have no interest in nascar it's like are our resources best used going to a, a a place where they don't care yeah essentially and so i agree with you there um as long as they keep going to LA, I, 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 I think Bristol dirt is a good thing. I think it can be a good thing. And I hope that, I mean, yes, you know, you're going to have spins on dirt. It just happens. You have drivers who have never raced dirt. So I get it, but, um, I don't know. Even though drivers that have raced dirt spin out, Kyle Larson did yeah, it to himself yeah. Sunday. Fair enough. But I think my favorite part about having Bristol dirt on Bristol isn't cup it's when they bring the late models and the sprint cars and like that on the dirt at bristol i'll watch that all the time and can i make a point too i think nascar is i mean yes racing during the week sucks but a lot of these dirt guys do anyway why are we not bringing those people out leading up to the weekend right i mean yeah we have like you have dirt track nationals out there the same way we had short track nationals. But it's like, why are we not headlining a weekend? Right. I mean, like, okay, obviously you have ARCA, Truck, Xfinity, Cup. But then you kind of throw everything off because ARCA doesn't technically follow the Cup schedule. The trucks don't follow the Cup schedule. So then you have, at the very least, Xfinity and Cup. Okay, well, the Xfinity series doesn't race on the dirt. It's just the trucks and the Cup Series because I don't think Arca goes to Bristol Dirt. No, they run dirt races. But the only not at the Bristol only dirt. series that run at Bristol Dirt is the trucks and the Cup Series, and trucks ran on a Saturday. So why are we not? So why not bring out you know some late models or some modifieds to run the, not, like Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or something like that? Yeah, you know it's it, but televise it. Don't. Yeah, yeah. Don't just be like, "Oh, here you go." Like televise that shit. Yeah, I agree because I think we've had that conversation with Chance too, and it's like, you know, or even like if we go to a if NASCAR goes to an like when they go to Martinsville, they have the modified race that same weekend. Now, I like that. I do like that. But I think the problem is, is a lot of these guys like you. I don't think you could be like, "Oh well, well the World Outlaws are going to be here right before the Cup Series." 
Because I don't think the World Outlaws guys are going to be like, well, we're not a support class. They don't want to be seen as a support class. Right? Because, like, so you have... Fair enough, but it's also like... Who cares? I why, don't, why, why would we look at it that way? Like, we're giving you the opportunity to race while we're here. Right. And I don't think everybody would look at, like, look at it like that, but I think some of them would. I Honestly. Just think, well, and then in that case, I'm going to be controversial and just say I think that's a shitty take. It is an awful take. Because it's like like NASCAR could have got by doing that when they brought the trucks to Lucas Oil. Granted, they had it flipped where the short track guys came the day after, but there's no reason why you couldn't have done it the other way around. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like there were, would be some Oh, for sure. That. I mean, which I also don't understand why we look at racing like that. Because without the support class, you guys wouldn't be shit. In most places. Like, you guys all started there. Yeah. It's like at Mount Lawn, for example. Your support classes are the biggest classes that show up. Literally. I mean, partially because they're cheaper, but... But still, I mean, if they didn't show up... Now, granted, the Modifieds got really big recently, but I mean, like, when you regularly have 25-plus Crown Vicks front-wheel drives that show up week in and week out that we race out there, like... Don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's I want to claw my eyes out trying to watch it, but there are nights where we put on better races than the modifieds or the late models when we're there. Yep. Now it's easy to put on a better race than the late models sometimes because there's only like six of them that show up. But the modifieds, there's times where there's twenty five plus modifieds that show up. But I'll be damned if they don't wreck every corner. I just think that we need to stop the slander of support classes and support each other. We're all racing. I'm so tired of seeing, like, on Twitter, because it doesn't happen often, but there have been times where people are like, these damn support classes. I'm just like, they're just trying to do the same thing you're doing. Now, now I get, like, poking fun at it, like, you know, certain right, things. Fair, like, but, like, like, the TikToks I say to you about, like, uh, these front-wheel no, drive no, drivers. It's not the same, though. I, I get where you're coming from. I agree with you 100%, but it's like this guy was, like, shit-talking. No, I get support it. Support classes. Like, there's no point that they need, like, there's no reason why we should have support classes. I'm like, without support classes, what are you going to be doing? We all enjoy the same thing, so just, like, shut up. Yeah. Like, we all want to race. Yeah, you may have more funds available to you or whatever. Yeah. But, like, we all have the commonality here that we want to be behind the wheel of a race car. Just because I'm in a lower class than you doesn't mean I'm any different than you. Right. We just don't have the money. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I personally don't get it. I think. I, I, I don't know. We went off on a little bit of a tangent there. Sorry, everybody. But, hey. Uh, all three series will be back in action this weekend at the Paperclip, Martinsville Speedway. You can catch all action on FS1. All right. This next topic is going to piss me off, but that's because I have bias. Disclaimer. The Alan Kowicki Driver Development Program has announced their seven finalists today. The seven drivers who will be competing for the title are Jackson Boone, Jacob Borst, Max Cookson, Hayden Plybin, Evan Shotko, Riley Stingham, and LeVon Van Deer. East. The seven finalists receive a one-time stipend of $7,777 to help cover operational costs for the remainder of 2023. The winner will go on to receive $54,439 and a special trophy. This year's competition will continue from April 14th through November 14th. Travers will receive points throughout that time from on-track successes, community engagement, program representation, and social media activities. The 2023 winners will join a distinguished group of drivers, including Ty Majeski, Alex Prutney, 
Cody Haskin, Brett Yaki, German, Do- <laughs> not German, J- Jeremy Doss, Luke Finhouse, and Dylan Zampa. Um, I just want to say that I'm not happy that Hunter was not a finalist, but it happens, I guess. Yeah. I'd, the problem is we have a bias because we know, we don't personally know Hunter. No, but I'm a fan. But we're fans. And these names, I just, I don't know. I don't know where they race. I don't know what they do. I don't, I don't know anything about them. So naturally, yeah, I'm going to be like, well, why, why is Hunter not <laughs> the finalist? Uh, but no, hate to see that. Um, I guess maybe next year because wasn't I, he in the same position last year? I think so. I would just say though, I I would have a hard time being on that board that decides the finalist because it's like, how do you, how can you pick and choose fifteen to seven? It's like I would feel bad being in that position. So I get it, but it still sucks to see somebody that you're rooting for not make it. Although I guess if you do it based off points, it wouldn't be that hard. Well, no, but I think. The, they vote on the seven finalists, and then from there, the, the board will have input, oh, okay. but then they'll also get, they have a point system where, you know, you get so many points if you win a race, or depending on how you finish, and then, you know, you have to do community engagement, how well are you doing that, you get points for that, social media activity, stuff like that, so. Tough. But you have to vote on the seven finalists, and gotcha. then it goes, yeah. I see what you're saying now. That is a tough position to be in, but I wanted Hunter to make it through. I did too. Hopefully we see him back next year. Hopefully, oh for sure. And they said that they're you know they have people on their radar. So um, I have no doubt that I think Connor Wright will be a Alan Quickie DDP winner at some point uh, in his absolutely. career. Absolutely. So um, I'll let you take the closing. You want to talk about Cody? Well, you have all the screenshots. Screen screenshots. Screenshots. Okay. But all I'm gonna say is we got some. Not technically breaking now, but it was breaking earlier today. Breaking news for anybody that follows the WNBA. Um, Indiana University's Grace Berger went to Indiana Fever. Ooh. Sorry. I like sports. Okay. Ironically, the first thing to pop up. Um, So NASCAR has indefinitely suspended Cody Ware, uh, who was arrested... uh, today on charges of assault on a female and assault by strangulation inflict inflicting serious injury um uh bob then subtweeted that and said police incident report on cody Ware charges indicate alleged assault happened monday night um it is classified as a domestic violence um and as an exaggerated assault with aggravated uh injury with personal weapons of hands fist and feet uh, his bond was set at $3,000, and he's no longer in jail. I will say that leading up to the race, they said that he was going to be away taking care of personal matters. So nobody knew that he was in jail. Um, that didn't come out until today. Um, so, yeah, I have no comment on this other than um, yikes. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really have anything to say either. Um Obviously, don't do that. You won't be in that situation. Play stupid, uh, overused phrase now, but play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Um, Well, and then, so, anyway, talking about uh, Rick Ware racing, uh, somebody tweeted a very valid point and was like, you know, 
they have the potential to be talented. Rick Rick obviously has the funds to 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 yes. throw into the team. And I've talked about this before because they have they have a team over multiple disciplines of racing. Yeah. So if they have money to do that, why are they so underperforming? Yeah. And the the person that tweeted um, was like, you know, he's spreading the funds over all these dis- disciplines of racing. And he was like, now with this incident happening, you know, maybe he should look at possibly selling the charters for the cup team and focus on, or however he decides to do it, but focus on one discipline and be talented instead of trying to like do 25 different things at one time. This is a long thought out process here, okay. but when chase comes back, let Josh Berry drive that car mm-hmm. opens the door for junior motorsports to buy that charter. Well, that's what, that's what the guy was implying was that um, if, if, Rake was to sell the charter, that would be a great opportunity, depending on the funding, the price, All right. the price tag uh, for, for Junior getting cup. Um, yeah, but it's like expensive. Kelly, so last week I had talked about Kelly Earnhardt starting a podcast about the business motorsport. She had a conversation uh, about that, about, you know, how do you make that decision to jump into the cup series with the charter? Um with the price being the way it is, you know, is it worth it? Also, forgot to mention today, speaking of charters, NASCAR owners boycotted a meeting with NASCAR. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> and uh, decided not to show up. Uh, you know, they're still debating. They're still negotiating TV deal. Um, NASCAR even said at one point, I think that they they wanted to move away from the charter system. I'm pretty sure. Um. Which is kind of like what, <laughs> because this is the system that you built, and now it's getting out of control. Um, so it's, it's I'm going to be following that story for sure, because um, I'm sure we'll have a lot to cover. From I want to get back to the days of 43 cars on track yeah, every I mean, race. There's no reason to have 36, 37 cars. There's no reason why a team that wants to get into the Cup Series can't get into the Cup Series. Yes, I'm sure they're by, they're, they're they're punching themselves over not getting in when they had the chance, but you also got to think they're a business. They have to think okay can we afford this and are we going to get a good roi but it's like a team that wants to get into the cup series can't get in uh, it's unfortunate yeah i mean i think if you show up with a car built that meets all their rules regulations can meet a minimum speed requirement you should be good to go yeah or if you have you know like a daytona 500 situation where you know you have 46 cars trying to qualify and qualify in yeah but there's no reason why um i i don't care for the charge system if i'm being honest um, it's also, you know, Hendrick Motorsports has said, Jeff Gordon has said in the past recently, you know, that they're barely breaking even, which is concerning, by yeah. the way. Um, not that that's due to the charter, but it, it's not it's not great for NASCAR. So I agree. That's all I had today. That is all I have as well. Like I said, not a whole lot. Um, Ooh, I lied. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, last week we touched base on this too. Just a reminder, April 15th, the CRA, uh, CRA Late Model Sportsman, Street Socks, and the Vores Compact Touring Series will be at Anderson uh, Speedway. Racing starts at 6 p.m. If you can't make it to the track, you can always watch On Racing America. Not sponsored. I want to go, but I don't think I'm going to be able to. So I'm going to try to watch it on TV. I wanted to go. I even wanted to try to do like a little giveaway, like giveaway like 
two two packs of tickets, two sets of tickets, but I'm not doing that because um, I don't the logistics of it all. Ugh. But I want to do giveaways soon. But anyway, I'm going to be watching at home probably. Same here. I got to do some backyard work this weekend. That's always fun. Hopefully try and get some grass seed down and get some grass to grow. So, Yay. That's um, exciting. I might be over here Friday to start doing some stuff with the race car potentially. Uh, but, yeah. Other than that, that is all that I had for this week. Like I said, not a whole lot happened. I mean, obviously, we had the big events that went on this weekend, but for the most part, um, not anything, not a whole lot to cover, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Everything that we had to cover that was big was pretty straight to the point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, if that's all you got, that's all I got, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next week.